This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes in bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets ran
are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again, I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Now today I want to share with you about God's great and precious promises. So special and everything. Apostle Peter says in Second Peter 1, uh, verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more we can learn about him, uh, the greater will be our, you know, peace knowing his presence and knowing his you know how he will you know be with us and and well just like this morning continuing on then and what uh, Peter says there in second Peter in second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 4 he continues and says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature it says may we might be partakers see because by his promises, there's things we have to do uh, to receive those promises and have them come alive in our life. Like uh, we have to receive them by faith. For these promises, God has spoken to us, his word, and given us these promises. But see, we have to know what the promises are. You know, like if you had a rich uncle dying and you're suspicious, that he may have left you something, you would certainly go listen to the reading of the will and check out and find out, you know, where's your name in it? You know, what has he left you? May have left you a car or house or land. Was in each of these, a car, you'd have to go down to Department of Transportation and get the titles changed over. And the house, you'd have to go through the legal process of getting the house changed over. If he left you some money, some cash or something, 
You'd have to go to the bank and do this. See, there's things we do to receive God's great and precious promises, and we've got to love Him and be concerned enough to seek and find out what they are and then do whatever our part of it is. And you'll see basically our part is to receive His promise by faith, you know, by accepting His word to us. Uh, once we know what the promises are, accepting them into our heart to faith, and then he works in our heart to strengthen everything, and he helps us then be able to receive these promises active in our life. So uh, it says, Whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Um, and it depends on how we respond, how we, you know, uh, are concerned enough to go seek them out and respond then. It says, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. So he's made a way, but um, well, like in 1 John 5, 7, it says that uh, this is a victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, see, our acceptance and obedience to God and acceptance of his promises of protection, his promises for deliverance and things like this. Now, a promise is similar to a pledge or a vow, which gives a basis for expectation. These promises, now that he's put it in scriptures, you know, that's like a spark to us, a, a, to give us an expectation that, hey, God does care. He, he's concerned about our personal lives and everything. And uh, he's made provision for it. Uh, promise, again, is similar to a pledge or a vow, which gives a basis for expectation. God states in Psalms 89:34, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Now he's talking about his covenant. Now in the Old Testament in Isaiah 59:21, he says, And this is my covenant with them. I will put my spirit on them and my words in their mouth. Now, we have a different covenant. We also, that is included in ours. Uh, because putting his spirit on us is mercy. And putting his word, his word is truth. And, and his word is life to us. And it's Christ, the living word. He's putting Christ, you know, the living word in their mouths to speak. To speak the word in those days. But now, we we can speak his word. You know, we have his word in us. But we have more than that. We have his word in our heart. Christ in our heart. Um, in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, And a new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. See, in the Old Testament, when he put his spirit on people in that covenant, uh, it's mercy. God's love to us today. His love on us and around us, protecting us from automobile accidents and things like this. Um, that's his mercy. But when we respond to his love and humble ourselves and invite Christ to come into our heart, we not only then have God's mercy or his love on us and his word to us, but now we receive his living word Christ in our heart, and so we become a child of God. So, but he says in his covenant he will not break. Now, God cannot lie, but he emphasizes the seriousness of his promises to us by confirming his promises with an oath to keep his promises. Now, the scripture states in uh, Hebrews 6, 7, verse 17 to 18, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, now that's us, the heirs of promise, we're joint heirs with Jesus, says in Galatians uh, 4, 6, and because your sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son Christ into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Wherefore you no more a servant, but a son, if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Join heir with Jesus when he sends his spirit into our hearts and creates in us a new heart, a new life. We're children of God, joint heirs with Jesus. So it says, God, we're in God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That's interesting. Verse 18 that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation. See, he's trying to encourage us, you know, by the way he uh, set this up, to expect him to do things. You know, it's our expectation to, that when we go to him, 
Hebrews uh, 11, 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because he that, you know, cometh to God must not only believe that he is, but that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, if we haven't been used to being rewarded like this and we're not sure, see, he's trying to encourage us here that, you know, he wants us so much to enjoy the blessings of his promises and everything that we can expect him to hear and answer. By two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. See, we're going to turn to God, flee to Him, and lay hold on this hope, hoping, that, you know, expecting God to hear and answer us. Now, so He spoke His words of promise, and then He confirmed it by an oath. That is like, you know, like in the, uh, double sealing the promises to us, the heirs of promise. The scripture states in Galatians 3.29 that if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now God confirming his word with an oath is similar. Like I remember when I was a child and everything, if, if I said something, um, told somebody something, and then if they questioned what I said, then I would say, you know, well, cross my heart and hope to die. And that was something that, you know, we all seemed to do back then, but I haven't heard many people nowadays ever use that expression again, but cross my heart and hope to die to emphasize that we were telling the truth the first time. Well, God didn't have to double seal his promises. You know, just speaking his promises were enough for us because God doesn't lie. So, but he did because he wants us so much. And he established his promises, double seal them to emphasize that, he will back up his part of the promise. Now, we must fulfill our requirements, and we inherit the promises by faith. That means by inheriting by faith, we must know the promises, God's word, his promises, and then receive his word into our hearts to faith. Because if we reject them, it's unbelief. But we have to receive his promises by faith into our hearts. Now, Hebrews 6.12 says that ye be not slothful. And not only that, is that if there's anything to fear whatsoever, be not slothful or lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, they're made available to us uh, by Jesus' death on the cross, the resurrection, his spirit in us, we become a child of God. So all of these promises are to each of us. We're joint heirs with Jesus. All the promises that Jesus had there when he was here on earth. Now, joint heirs with Jesus, heirs of the promises, but we must seek them out and find out. And again, we're encouraged to seek the fulfillment of the promise in our lives. Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 2 says, Let us therefore fear, like I mentioned, if there's anything to fear, let us fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel priest as well as unto them, but the word, the word of the gospel priest, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, and, and that's why people perish and go off into eternity, a lake of fire and, and hell, is because they don't receive God's living word of the promise for salvation. And it says in Second Thessalonians 2, 10, 11, it says, uh, the reason people perish is because they reject the love or the spirit of the truth. God's word is truth, uh, and when he re we receive his word and everything, that uh, God teaches us we're sinners, that Christ Jesus is the answer for our sins, that we must humble ourselves, invite him to come in. To receive the love of that means we must do it, humble ourselves, and invite him to come into our heart. Just a simple, honest prayer. Lord, please forgive me my sins. Um, come into my heart and create in me the new heart, the new life. And, and you know, I'll commit my life to you and things like this. You know, you got to do it. Not just knowing it in your head. That is not salvation. Knowing that Jesus is God's son. Knowing that he's got all these things for you. And then the only way for it to profit us is to mix it with faith or receive it into our heart. And that's the greatest promise throughout the Bible is the salvation. If we will turn from our sin, 
repent and and well we can't just all turn from it ourselves you know like that because we can't create in ourselves a new heart but we turn from our sin and repent and turn to God and, and ask his forgiveness and invite him to come into our heart see and, that, and that's a great promise and he says he will and he will do it that's the reason I'm out here now is because you know uh, he came into my heart created me the new heart the new life back in um, 1974 and each of you listening today I don't care what kind of sins you have committed or what kind of acts you've committed like this when God forgives your sins and erases that from you and cleanses your heart and gives you the new heart and puts his spirit in you see you'll be just as much a child of God God loves everybody it's not his will that any should perish but all come to him now God's word his promises does not profit us though unless we mix it in faith by receiving it into our heart and that's it receiving and accepting God's word when we hear it if we reject God's word we're in unbelief therefore when we hear God's great and precious promises which he has sworn by an oath to back up to us we must accept the promises into our heart and live according to them the promise so great that it's difficult sometimes to believe that they're really meant for us today and not just in Bible days. And there's actually denominations we have that teach that, that those promises, you know, for, for God to hear and answer and bless people were for the people of the Bible days, you know, to usher them into supposedly the, the new covenant and, and to be a part of this. But now we don't get to receive that. See, that's not true. That's part of the new covenant is that God loves us so much he wants to fellowship with us and work in and through us to other people and everything. As I mentioned earlier, well, I have mentioned in other programs and everything like that, but uh, I was a host of an evening call-in radio worship service on a local radio station for 10 years back in the late 70s and early 80s. And during that time, I surveyed or asked 200 people that I met in different places that I went throughout the week you know, the general public, service stations, grocery stores, or, you know, work, whatever. Um, and I asked them two questions. First one was, do you believe the Bible is God's word? Because, see, the promises are written in the Bible. And so to, to believe them like that, what do you believe about the Bible? Uh, when Jesus says in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. But see, it's in ask what you will. That is a great promise there. But what do you believe about God's Word in the Bible? So I would ask these people, what do you believe, uh, or do you believe that the Bible is God's Word? And then, depending on what they said, I'd say, why do you believe it, or why don't you believe it? Well, of the, all the replies of the 200, um, 199 of them said, you know, yes, they believe it's God's Word. One of them didn't. Um, but it was really interesting. Um, people looked shocked when I would ask them that. And, and they would look perplexed or, you know, get strange looks on their faces and everything. And, and most would say that, well, I never really thought about it. Others would say, well, it just is. It is. Some would say, it says it is. You know, some of those answers are terrible. And I think the answers reflect why our society is in the shape it is. Most people seem to believe in the theory that the Bible is God's word, but not in the reality that it's a part of or priority in their own personal life. You know, like, um, it just is. What does that mean for the answer of, you know, in confidence and something like that? Uh, our beliefs are expressed daily by how we live, how we treat other people, how we act, and how to choose to spend our money. I bring up this discussion of belief in the Bible being God's word and the great and precious promises because the personal promises are our links between now the supernatural God, his spirit, and our physical realm. Now think about that. It's through his promises we are related to him. First, to become a child of God is through his promise that if we'll humble ourselves and ask his forgiveness and invite him to come into our heart, that he will. See, that's the greatest promise. Now, the promises in the kingdom for our protection, for our health, and things like this, the provisions and things, 
they come to us through from us turning to the Lord in time of need. And sometimes in His mercy, He reaches out and does things for us that we have needs that we don't even know we have, something like that. But in our relationship with Him, all of them don't come that way. We must call out to Him, seek and find the promises. He reaches out to us in so many ways uh, to get our attention thing, uh, dreams, visions, you know, messages that people preach or teach, uh, Christian friends you have, things like he'll, he'll be speaking through people to you and everything. Uh, he speaks through his word to us, you know, so many ways. But we as mankind, we must take the initiative and try to reach out to God and our channel then is through the personal promises that even prayer is a personal promise to us you know that if that if we will call out to him he'll hear and answer us because prayer is just talking to god and he says if, if we want to talk to him but he certainly wants to talk to us because that's why he has us down here is to fellowship with us and everything i had trouble with us finding a scripture in a previous broadcast uh not finding it but remembering where it was located um, in Isaiah 43, verse 21, uh, God says, These people have I formed myself. They shall show forth my praise. I, I knew I quoted the verse and everything, but uh, I couldn't remember where it was located. But see, he's created us for this fellowship with him, to praise him, and, you know, to fellowship back and forth. And it's Isaiah 43, 21. Any of you listening today that heard me stumbling through that the last program? But anyway... We then are, it, it's set to where we cannot prove to each other that God is real. There's no way I can prove to you that. I, there's no way I can prove to you that Jesus died on the cross and things like this. Jesus says in John uh, 6.45, And they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that heard and learned of the Father cometh unto me. So this teaching from God, I can say the words to maybe encourage you to seek him, and that's what I'm trying to do here now, about seeking his special promises and everything. But you that learning that you get from God is what gives you that confidence and joy in you that he is your heavenly father and that he loves you and that he will hear and answer you. And that then is what is important in each of our lives is that we turn to him personally. Now, i take a short station break here and I'll be right back. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome back. Now I was just discussing that 
uh, there's no way any of us can teach another person or you know be able to prove somehow or another to another person that God is real that Jesus died on the cross for us like this that teaching must be between each of us and God in a personal way because see, he wants to develop a personal relationship with each of us now I believe that you know because of the when I called out to him and, and he heard and answered my prayers in 1974 when I turned to him and just cried out and and, and I need help if you're really real show me and you know I'll go do and say what you ask me to or want me to as best as I can but I, I'm, I told him in my prayer that night I said I'm not going to quit drinking I'm not going to quit smoking I'm not going to quit anything until I know it's you and when I know it's you I will but I'm not going to just do it to try to you know change my way of living and 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 you know start carrying a Bible and putting on a suit and going to church I said I'll do these things but only after I know that it's you I want to know you're real because I'd been in church 20 something years thinking I was a Christian then and I just got to the point to where you know there was no answers no this no you know and just but see God met that honest well it sounds like a terrible prayer that I had you know I told him I wasn't even going to go on feelings or anything like that I wanted to know for sure it was him but six months from now nobody could convinced me that I just had an emotional experience or something but he heard and answered my heart's cry to him because he knew that that's what I wanted I wanted him and like my wife said the other day in sharing her testimony she just called out to the Lord and said God I want you more than anything else and people just say help in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 it says when the heart of man turns to the Lord the veil of separation now, the veil of separation talking about is of the separation of man's heart to God when the heart of man turns Lord a veil of separation is lifted and and it's like in the Old Testament when they had that veil of separation of the Holy of Holies and one priest could go in once a year and he better be holy when they went in because he'd be struck down dead and they'd tie a rope around his foot so they could pull him out because nobody could go in there and get him if he died there so they'd have to have a means of getting him back out but anyway but we can enter that Holy of Holies with the Lord any time we choose. Right now, this instant, you can just turn to the Lord with all your heart right now and pray into in the Holy of Holies and, and receive His Spirit into your heart and the forgiveness and everything. Now, uh, we can't do it for each other, but we can encourage each other. And that's my confidence in God's word like for example after he answered his promises to me that if I called out to him he'd hear and answer and do these things that's why I believe that the Red Sea that God parted the Red Sea that's why I believe that the sun stood still for 10 uh, minutes for King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet like that the sun went back on the sundial 10 minutes for them to prove to King Hezekiah that God was speaking through prophet Isaiah and, and that's why I believe the Bible is God's word now and my answer is because I tried the personal promises and God backed them up to me uh, if you're in this search and you're out there and think well I'm going to study all these different religions and everything like this and I want to find out which one's the best and I want to find out which one to you know turn to and everything you don't have to go through all that research and the literature and studying all these different um, you know religions of the world and everything to see which one is real try the personal promises get their book they call it their holy book or something like that what are the personal promises well will God back them up to you we have promises in the Bible now you're fortunate if you're listening here or somewhere where the people have Bibles available but there's a lot of personal promises in there try those promises and see what God will do and then if he backs them up I've shared with a lot of people lately that uh, it, it's surprising to me that I want to meet people and everything that uh, even though it shows uh, 
you know, and they're laughing everything that, you know, they're not bad people or anything. But I say, do you believe in the Lord? Do you believe in God? And um, I've heard lately a lot of people say, well, I'm not sure. Or, no, I don't believe. There's no, you know, no God and everything. I said, uh, well, I can't convince you of that, but I would like to encourage you to seek to find out because there's only two options. Either there is a God or there's not a God. See, you don't have, you know, part God and something like this. Oh, in between. Either there is a God or there's not a God. Now, how can you find out since, well, since I can't prove it to you or anything like that, what I've been suggesting to people is uh, a game that we used to play in family and other places, you know, long years ago called 20 Questions. Somebody would get up and, you know, act silly or, you know, act out something and, um, the audience or whoever's there playing the game could uh, ask them a question and part of the game was they had to answer whoever it was had to answer the question honestly to that person and then to see if if the group of people playing the game could guess what the person was trying to act out or who he was trying to impersonate or something like that in 20 questions to see if they could you know guess who they are well, I, I, I told people, you know, play 20 questions in. If, if you don't know for sure there's a God, if you don't believe, in, you know, the reality that God exists or something, act like he does and say, okay, if you're a God out there, you created me, you must know how to speak to me, uh, if you're all powerful, you know, stuff like this, and say, so, okay, then call out to him, and ask him things and see what happens. He'll hear and answer a person calling out to him, seeking him with an honest heart. Jeremiah 29, 13, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If you, now, because I called it a game 20 questions, it's not a game with God. It is serious, and it should be serious in your heart to you too. And I tell people that. I said, you know, you don't just play and say, I'll try it or something like that. But honestly, turn to the Lord and call out to Him, and He will hear and answer your prayer. A brief testimony at Lula Roman. Some of you may not be old enough to remember her. She was a, a real funny girl on Hee Haw years and years ago on a TV show. Well, she was not a Christian. She didn't wasn't raised in a church or anything. Didn't know anything about it. And uh, she was traveling around the country, you know, being a star. She did a lot of traveling, but she'd had a baby, and the baby was oh, only. You know, a few weeks old or a month or something like this, and she was going through Dallas, Texas, and the baby got real sick. She rushed the baby to the hospital, one of them down there, and the doctor came out and told her, you know, the baby's dying. You know, that there's nothing that, that can more that can be done. And she's sitting there in this strange city in the hospital with no friends or anybody around, and her baby's inside there dying. And sitting there for the first time in her life, she said she called out, to God said, God, if you're real, if you're a God of heaven up there, if you're real, show me, touch my baby and heal my baby and uh, and let me know that you're really real. I almost get chill bumps thinking of that because that's why she crawled out, called out so lonely, sitting there by herself in that hospital room and her baby dying inside. And as soon as she finished her prayer, the doctor came bursting back out, said, something has happened. Your baby is responding. Your baby is like, just come alive, something like that. He said to her, I don't know the exact words now, but I heard her personally share her testimony. And she said she looked, she was so shocked, she was so happy. And, and she had promised in her prayers, she says, uh, I don't know anything about you. I don't know what to do, but tomorrow I will find out what to do. And I'll, you know, respond to you in however way you want me to if you'll just save my baby. Well, she got her baby out of that hospital that night, took the baby home that night after the doctor telling her that the baby was dying and dead or something like that. Now, next morning she got up, she fulfilled her commitment. She got on the phone, she said, there from the motel, hotel, whatever, and, and she started making calls down through the telephone directory. She called churches. Well, see, a lot of churches on Monday, it would happen to be a Sunday night. But on Monday, a lot of ministers, uh, you know, rest and, and take their day off. 
and she finally found one after three or four calls, something like this. She found one, and it just happened to be at a Baptist church. She wasn't looking for any particular denomination or anything. She was just going down the list, and uh, this preacher was in, and she said, can you tell me what I need to do to uh, get right with God or something like this? He said, sure, and uh, she volunteered then to go over there and she did she went over and met with a pastor received Christ in her heart that morning and received the changed heart the changed life just from no knowledge of God and not having any idea what to do except just call a preacher and find out and she said that she was so changed with you know Christ coming into her heart and changing her it just well like me it, it shocked me when it happened that I'd lived all those years and had missed him before, something like that. But see, that that's a teaching that we each must have, a personal teaching from God, like a, even like the Apostle Peter uh, that was writing all these things about his great and precious promises. Well, when Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? Uh, you know, they chimed in, different ones of them said, you know, you're the Christ, that you're a great, preacher, you're a great person, you know, that you're a prophet, and things like this, and then he said, but whom do you say that I am? And then Peter spoke up, he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus responded, this is Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 and 17, Jesus responded and said, blessed are thou Simon Barjona, Simon Barjona, that was his name then, uh, blessed are thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed it unto you but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church. Now, he wasn't talking about Peter. He changed his name to Peter. But upon this rock I'll build my church. If you look through the, all the Old Testament, I had a podcast, I had a program a few weeks ago about the rock, uh, Christ the rock. All through the Bible, Jesus had you know, known and heard that you know, God is the rock of our salvation, he said. Now, he said upon this rock of God teaching people personally like he taught Peter that's the rock that he's going to build his church you know the foundation of that personal revelation from God to us and and if you want to receive that personal revelation just call out to the Lord with an honest heart and, and start being open minded to whatever might happen there's no telling what might God might do in your life because he knows you personally and he knows what it, he would have to do to get you to respond to him because see, we, we all have so many circumstances in our life and everything and we have so many discouragements so many things like this when we turn to God and he knows those for you specifically what you're what you've been through and, and what you're struggling with now he knows your thoughts and everything so turn to him and give him a chance to answer him then. So when I tell people, you know, that, that's why I believe the Bible is God's word. Even though there's different stories and, you know, like King James and NIV and others have different, you know, versions of different scriptures and things like this. But when you seek the Lord, God can show you which is correct and everything and, you know, uh, walk with you. If, if you trust him for your salvation and receive his spirit in your heart and you know he lives in your heart, um, it shouldn't be that big a problem at all in, in finding out from the Lord about his word. But why do I believe the Bible is God's word? My answer is always not because the Bible says it is. There's a lot of books that say they're God's word. And just because a book says it's God's word doesn't mean it is. In fact, that's probably one of the most uh, reasons why you should suspect that it's not God's word if it says it is. So just saying the Bible says it is. Now, I believe the Bible, but I believe it because God has backed himself up personally to me through his promises and everything. So I believe the Bible's God's word, yes. Because it says it's God's word is not the reason I believed it. Because there's a lot of books that say that, uh, and and just it just is, or or you know it, it says it is, or things like this. But the reason you should believe that the Bible is God's word is the fact that God has backed it up to you personally, like He did Peter, and like He's done everybody else. Um, I tried the personal promises. 
And the first great personal promise he'll try is that he'll put his spirit in us and create in us a new heart, a new life. Salvation will become a child of God. But then, therefore, not only do I believe that there's a God, I believe that God is the God of the Bible, see, because the promises that God left us are in his word we call the Bible. Now, you, you look at some of the others, and, and they don't have promises like that, personal promises that we here on earth can see and everything. Now, since God has backed up so many personal promises, I believe the stories of Moses, Joshua, Isaiah, Hezekiah, and Jesus, because his word says so. He and his word are the same. I believe Jesus died for sins, or was buried and resurrected. And, um, I even have messages on that, you know, in the podcast back before. I believe that. I wasn't there, and, you know, you, you can't just prove... Uh, people trying to investigate and intellectually figure all this stuff out and place their trust in that, that's not the way to receive the personal relationship with the Lord of Christ in us. Now, you might want to turn and seek Him and, and encourage you to seek Him, but it's from that personal relationship in our heart that He backs up to each of us personally. Now, God taught me personally just because the book says it's God's word it's not to, and, and not only that you know when uh, you say you believe the Bible's God's word because the Bible says it is that's just like an intellectual acceptance or something like this but when God teaches you it is then then it's it's that reality in your heart that comes from that personal relationship that you know you can turn to the Lord anytime and like for example a little song Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, I know Jesus loves me because I know when I called out to him in desperation and cried out to him back in 1974, he sent his spirit into my heart, creating me the new heart and new life. See, uh, not just because the Bible tells me that Jesus loves me, that can encourage you now, but you need that personal relationship with the Lord to know his love even independent of the Bible. You know, the disciples them didn't have the Bible, the New Testament. They wrote it. Um, and the early Christians, and most people on earth today, you know, around a different countries like that, in, in some of the foreign lands and everything, do not have copies of the scriptures like that in the Bible. But they can know God's love in a personal way to know that, yes, Jesus loves me. This I know. For his spirit in my heart tells me so. You know, so that's a, a, a great feeling there to know. Now, there's two kind of promises in the Bible. I've been the first promises to all the world that God loves you. He'll hear and answer your prayer and invite you into his family. If you'll humble yourself to the, the salvation promises are to everybody. But once we become a child of God, there's promises for us too. Like in the First John 5, 7 where it says that, um, it is our faith that overcomes the world even our faith our acceptance and obedience to God's word overcomes the world and, um, and other promises 1 John uh, 3 3.22 says and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we obey his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So see, seeking to develop our relationship is going to help us in getting um, personal prayers answers like 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands will dwell with your wives according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace of life, lest your prayers be hindered. And then in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 2, 10 11, forgive others lest you give Satan advantage in your life. You don't want to give Satan advantage in life because then that will hinder and block your answers to prayer, your fellowship with God, if you're holding unforgiveness against people. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, Be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. See, So if, if we get these things worked out speedily in our hearts and, and don't hold them in and everything, we're blocking the devil and everything, and we're maintaining our relationship with God in us and his love in us flowing through us to others because we're forgiving them we're letting his love in us and through us forgive that person you know to not hold anger in we're letting God's love in our heart instead of holding that anger because if we do hold the anger and violate that 
and, and block God's love from our heart to other people. It says don't even rejoice in the, you know, uh, when your enemy falls. Because, see, uh, it was the devil causing that person to fall or do whatever it is, you know, in their business or, or whatever, you know, even physically or something like that. Don't rejoice in that, even though the person may, you might consider them, you know, like an enemy to you or something. Uh, we have people in our society that seems to me like they're doing such evil things in our country and everything. But don't even rejoice when they fall, because see, it's a devil deceiving them, working through them, that's caused that to happen. And, and God wants them to be delivered. So, see, if, if, if anything, he wants us to pray for them and to pray that they be delivered. Instead of, you know, calling down fire to heaven on them like the disciples tried one time. And Jesus said, you know not what spirit you of. Because, see, God loves them even though they're doing bad things. Ezekiel 33.11 says that God does not rejoice in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their evil ways, turn and live. So, if you're holding a lot of unforgiveness or bitterness or hate toward any group, any people, every time you think of those people, start praying for them and praying that God will deliver them and save their souls. And I know you'll be praying in God's will because he wants to do that. He loves everybody on earth. I don't care how evil you may think they are, how evil acts they're doing. He wants to deliver them from that and save their soul as much as he wants to deliver anybody uh, that you know around here. He loves people, everybody, with a greater love than any of us can love. Now, so pray for them. Instead of, you know, blocking people out and everything like that, open your heart and receive God's love in for different people. Now, you may not agree with what they're doing, and no, God doesn't agree with what a lot of people are doing. He didn't, he didn't agree with what a lot that I've done through my life and everything. But he forgives and forgets. He promises over and over he'll forgive our sins and remember them no more. And that is so great and everything. But now, once we become a child of God, we got all kind of promises and everything that God wants us to, you know, uh, participate in. Like the scripture said earlier, I read, if there's anything to fear, fear missing and, and not being able to uh, have God's promises come alive in you for the blessings. Communication and fellowship are two way activities. Jesus said, in John 6 45. They shall all be taught of God. See, so as you're being taught of God about this, you're fellowshipping with God, you're going to have such a joy come alive in your life to know that God is really real and that he loves you personally and he wants you to experience all these things. Being taught now by God, though, if you choose to stop the teaching, God will. He doesn't want to. But see, you, you can quit class anytime you want to. And turn from him, and even as a child of God, you know it says in First Corinthians that we stand before Jesus on judgment seat, not the judgment seat. Yeah, the judgment seat of Christ. We stand before Him. Uh, we're going to have to answer for the good and bad in our lives. It doesn't mean you know that uh, when we're there, all we're going to get is just our rewards and things. But we're going to have to answer for failing to seek Him for, you know. A service he wants us to perform because he has a holy calling for each of us and if we hold unforgiveness to anyone we're going to have to answer for that you know all these different things because it says we're going to answer for the good and bad and the only bad that can be there are unforgiven acts of sin I say acts of sin because um, when you realize well there's, there's scriptures that I was going to share this morning, but I haven't had time to. Um, in 1 John 3, 6, it says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him. See, when we know the true definition of sin, sin is separation of heart from God. And when we've received Christ in our heart, and he's created in us a new heart, a new life, we are a child of God throughout eternity from then on. Now, so it says here, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither know him. See, we don't sin now, but we can still commit acts of sin. Now, we can, we can commit acts, but we can't separate our heart from God. I don't care what you do, you're still a child of God once the Spirit comes into you. And that's what these verses say in First John. Like First John 3, 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. 
whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. See, if your heart cannot ever be separated from God once he has received you into the family and created in you the new heart, the new life, and put his spirit in you. So, but we need in, in our fellowship with him to continue to go to him and, and make sure that we aren't committing these acts of sins that are going to block our fellowship with him. Like it, uh, like I just quoted in Second uh, Corinthians 2, 10, 11, forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. Well, if you give Satan advantage in your life, you're certainly then not in the proper fellowship with God. And he wants us to be in fellowship with him. So that's why daily as we go through our life, we need to be, you know, searching and seeking and, and, and keeping our fellowship strong with the Lord and, and finding out things that he doesn't want us to do or something like that, like First Peter 3, 7, I keep quoting, his husband, dwell your wives according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace of life as in the weaker vessel, lest your prayers be hindered. See, and for prayers hindered, that means the door open then for the devil to come in and torment us and bring things in us. So we still need to treat these bad things, you know, like lying, cheating, and stealing. Yes, we need to, you know, ask forgiveness of God when we do things like that. We catch ourselves arguing, fighting, and everything instead of praying for those who spitefully use us. We need to pray and, and get our hearts back right with God and ask His forgiveness. But see, those are acts of sin we're committing. Our heart is not separated from God. It never can be once He's come in and created us a new heart, a new life. And you know, that is so great. A part of the new covenant between God and mankind that He implemented, you know, when Jesus died on the cross for us and His perfect walk of faith. When, you know, He shed His blood the seven times on the cross, you know, the sprinkling of His blood and everything. He's the foundation of the new covenant, but the new covenant then brings us into the family of God. In First uh, John 1 9, you know, the people of the Old Testament, well, it, it says in First John 1 9 that if, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the people of the Old Testament was under the entirely different covenant, like Isaiah 59 21 says, As for me, this is my covenant unto them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth. And then the same is said in a few different words in Psalms 25:10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy, God's spirit on us and on people, and truth, his living word, to them. See, and that's the relationship. That's the only relationship they had because it says here, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, and to such as keep their covenant keep his covenant and his testimonies now so we don't have uh, to you know just live under that particular covenant what is so great about the new covenant is that not only does he forgive us of our sins but he creates in us a new heart a new life as prophesied in Ezekiel 36 26 where it says a new heart also will I give you a new spirit will I put within you I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit in you now see when he puts his spirit in us we become a child of God and like I was just mentioning there that you know if we've received his spirit in us and he's created in us a new heart new life we're now joint heirs with Jesus, uh, Galatians 4, 6. And because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore you no more a servant but a son, if a son, than an heir of God through Christ. See, God's great promise is that if we'll turn to him, humble ourselves, and call out to him, he'll hear and answer, create in us a new heart, put his spirit in us, and we're engrafted into his family then as a joint heir with Jesus. Then all the other promises in the scriptures that Jesus had, all his promises are shared with us. We are children of God. That's why it said there in First John that I was uh, sharing with you earlier, that it says we cannot sin. See, now, because our heart can never be separated from God again once he comes into our heart and adopts us into his family or, or grafts us into his family, however you want to say it, we become a child of God, we'll always be a child of God. 
So sin is separation of heart from God. Now, we can commit those same acts and call them acts of sin. And we need to keep our hearts right with God, like husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace of life, lest your prayers be hindered. It says, you know, uh, in, what is it, 1 Corinthians 2, chapter, let's see, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. See, and as long as he, Satan has advantage, he'll be coming in and, and bringing in curses and everything and causing sickness and harm and things like this. See, so we've got to, you know, still keep our hearts right and everything, even though it's not sin now, but it's acts of sin. And we're going to have to answer for these. It's a, well, the judgment seat of Christ, it says we're going to answer for the good and the bad. And the only thing bad that will be there are those unforgiven acts of sin and things like that. Well, one of the serious ones that's really going to be there is we all have a special holy calling. Second Timothy 1 9 says he saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, created in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now we're going to have to, you know, answer for that if we don't seek his holy calling, because there's something so special that he has for each one of us. And, you know, we'll never be prepared to really live and enjoy this, you know, world or something like that. But not only that, uh, be prepared to die until we know that we're seeking his special holy calling and to have that joy of, you know, of just walking with him and knowing you're doing the best you can. We may never ever reach our perfect holy calling. Most of us, well, we won't. Jesus did, but, you know, we won't. But, you know, the joy of knowing that we're trying. Now, and God loves everybody. If you're listening today, God wants you to come to him. Nobody is predestined to die and go to hell. You have a choice. And like Matthew 25, when Jesus was talking to the uh, people, he was t telling them the story about the, you know, separating the sheep from the goats. He was speaking to the goats. And he says, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels see hell and lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels not people nobody's ever been born on this earth predestined to die and go to hell so seek the lord today turn to him with all your heart invite him to come into your heart he loves you with a perfect love and he's wanting to welcome you into the family good day and god bless you Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. Spark. 